Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. I'm your host, Paul Gannon, for the next hour. We're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. On all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call is 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show blog, talkradio.com slash Gant. Send messages to the show on Twitter at GoForGant. And while you're here or there, on Twitter at GoForGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Give me a follow at GoForGant. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of Love and Hip Hop. A.D. Diggs. And A.D., full disclosure, we did this interview on Tuesday. And so before we, you know, obviously, and A.D. is a big Dodgers fan, but before we did that interview, the Dodgers were still alive. The Dodgers were still fighting. The Dodgers were still looking to try to win their first World Series in 29 years. Unfortunately for A.D., the Houston Astros won. But anyway, we're going to be joined by A.D. Diggs. She's going to talk about that. She's got a clothing line out there. Um, She's going to talk about Love & Hip Hop. So if you're a Love & Hip Hop fan, you know, she's going to be talking about that as well. So great show lined up for you. You know, we're going to talk a lot of sports, of course. And, of course, we're going to have a little fun doing it. Let's get right down to it. Let's start with the World Series. Great World Series, by the way. Seven games. Seven games of of excitement. Seven games of of twists and turns and ups and downs and ins and outs and so on and so forth. I mean, it, it was just a great World Series. And obviously, it was fitting that these two teams, you know, Astros, 100-plus win team, 101. Dodgers, 100 win team, 104. So the two best teams in their respective leagues were in the World Series. And that's cool. And so you had that. And so you knew at the end of the day you were getting the two best teams. And it doesn't always happen in baseball. The best team doesn't always win. It, 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 it happens all the time. Being that you had the two best teams, it, it, it was exciting. It was an exciting 
World Series, an epic World Series, and it was a very memorable World Series. And at the end of the day, it was a very close World Series. If you look at a very close World Series, both teams, if you look at it, if, if, if you look at it by the numbers, 60 run, 68 runs scored in this series. Dodgers had 34. The Astros had 34. So that that tells you and shows you how even this series was. Both teams had the same amount of runs when it was all said and done. Fortunately for the Houston Astros, they scored five in that last game, and the Dodgers only scored one. But it was a great series, man. And you, Darvish. You, you, Darvish. Obviously, you, Darvish, was dominated by the Strohs earlier in this series. And he was dominated again by the Strohs in Game 7. You bring a guy like you, Darvish, in with the hope of, of, you know, if you're in that situation, if you're in a seven-game situation, Darvish gets it done for you. That's why you bring in a you, Darvish, for a seventh game. Only lasted one and two-thirds innings in both starts. Both starts lasted two, I'm excuse me, both starts lasted one and two-thirds innings. It's unacceptable. You can't have that. And obviously both games, they lost. Gave a four-earned run and game, I believe it was game four, and then gave up, obviously, four earned runs in game seven. And now the Dodgers, who had an opportunity at game seven in your building, couldn't get it done. And so the 29-year drought in L.A. continues for the Dodgers, and the Astros get their first World Series title. It was fun. It definitely was fun. I mean, if you like home runs, you'll love it. I mean, a World Series record 25 home runs in this series. So if you like runs and you like home runs, you like this series. A lot of hits, a lot of home runs, a lot of excitement. And it was just an exciting series, man. And you can't ask for anything more than what you got. And the Astros beating the Yankees in Game 7, then coming on back and beating the Dodgers Game 7, first team to do that to win two Game 7s in the playoffs since the Royals back in 85. So this Houston Astro baseball team, tough baseball team, uh, a team that fought throughout the course of these playoffs. You know, you, you thought after, you know, being down 3-2 against the Yankees that it might have been a wrap for this Astro Ball Club. 
Nah. This ball club came back, and they came back strong. They came back strong, they came back hard, and they were able to beat the Yankees in Game 6 and also beat them in Game 7 and ultimately win the series. Dodgers, you know, they were up three games to two against the Dodgers in this series. Dodgers win Game 6, but the Astros put it away in Game 7. Fun, like I said, exciting, good time. Kudos to the Houston Astros for getting it done and moving on and and, and capturing that World Series title. Congratulations. If you're the Dodgers now, $240 million payroll, that $240 million payroll is supposed to get you a championship at some point in time. They get you 104 wins. They get you all the way to the World Series, and maybe next year it'll get you over the top and actually get you a World Series title. Maybe. Maybe. But George Springer, he was big time, man. World Series MVP, big time, five home runs, tying record set by Reggie Jackson, and the Dodgers chased Utley. But Utley did that when he was in Philly against the Yankees. Uh, when the Phillies played the Yankees in 2009, I'll never forget that series because, uh, you know, the Phillies' bullpen imploded. Uh, Cole Hamels, uh, he struggled as well. But that's, you know, revision. That's a long time ago. It really had nothing to do with what's going on now. But anyway, anyway, tough. If you're a Dodgers fan, I mean, like I said, the payroll like I said, the expectation, like I said, the talent, like I said, the 104 victories. But give it, to, give credit to those Astros, man. They were equally, uh, an equal 101 wins, and they were equally as good as the Dodgers. And this was a, a, a close, like I said, 34 runs apiece. So it doesn't get any, any closer than that. It doesn't get none closer than that. And these teams battled and battled and battled. But ultimately, the Astros had just, a little bit more. And so, we look at now, going to the NFL now. Going to the NFL now. I mean, the National Football League we saw last night. Well, before we get to what we saw last night, unfortunately with the NFL, and, you know, it it bothers me, but it is what it is, we have to talk about so much stuff that goes on off the field. And, And, you know, whether it's, Ezekiel Elliott now suspended, not suspended, not suspended, not suspended. And, you know, it, it just keeps going back and forth. It's a, if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a fan of the National Football League, it's an emotional roller coaster. It goes up, it goes down, it goes he's in, it goes he's out. I mean, it, it just keeps going and going and going. I mean, Elliott, we, we, we thought the suspension was – was upheld and, and, and ready to go. And then Ezekiel Elliott, it's all hold again. And, and now he can play against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And at some point, it's got to stop, right? At, at some point, 
make a decision, and and at the end, end of the day, it's in the courts and it's in the hands of the courts, and 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 you know they got to figure this whole thing out. But it's like either he's suspended or he's not. I personally don't believe he should be suspended because I don't think guys should be suspended without conviction. You know, if we're saying they did something off the field, I don't think guys should be suspended without convictions. But also, at the same time, as I said before, and and I said numerous times, you know, jobs can discipline you for stuff that's not against the law. And so what Elliot did, obviously he wasn't charged with anything, but at the end of the day, the NFL felt it's not good for the game, and the NFL felt that even though the investigators said no to pressing charges, they felt that he violated the league's personal conduct policy. That's what the NFL said. I mean, and, and I just look at this whole situation, and, and, and at this point, I'm like this, you know. I, I don't care. I mean, I'm at the point where I don't care. In, out, I, don't, I think he should be in, but if you want him out, he's out. If you want him in, he's in. Like, I, I don't care at this point. I, I mean, it's just, I just wanted to go away, just like the flake gate. I didn't care after a period of time. I just wanted it to go away. And then you got the whole situation with Colin Kaepernick, and, you know, obviously it's just it, – it, it makes no sense that Colin Kaepernick is not in the league. It, it just makes no sense, and it, it's just not a good look for the league. And if you're the National Football League – you're in a peculiar position because, you know, you got Papa John, and I never had Papa John pizza, but he's saying that, the you know, the players kneeling and all that stuff is affecting his business. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't know a lot of people who eat Papa John's pizza, period. But anyway, if he says it is, then maybe it is. I don't know. Who cares? But at the end of the day, the reality is the NFL's in a, in a tough place because here's the deal. You got those who are boycotting the NFL because of the players kneeling for the anthem. And then you got those boycotting the NFL because of the whole situation with Colin Kaepernick. So you got both sides here. You you got pro-Kaepernick, you got anti-Kaepernick, and both are saying, we don't want to watch football. Both are saying, we we want to boycott football. And, And, you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm looking around and I'm seeing people saying, you know what? I'm boycotting the NFL. I, I'm, I'm seeing people saying that. You know, and, and, and so people are actually boycotting the NFL. And then I, I, and I'm hearing those people who are anti-Kaepernick are saying, I'm boycotting the NFL. So you're seeing it on both sides on social media. When the Steelers, you know, I, I saw a few people, when the Steelers, decided that, hey, we're not coming out for the anthem, or the Titans decided they're not coming out for the anthem, there was a lot of people who were anti-Kaepernick and anti-the kneeling uh, on, during the anthem who were angry and pissed because of that. Just angry. They were angry. And obviously there's a segment of the population who was angry that Kaepernick cannot sniff a, a, an NFL roster. And if you see or, or, or watch the quarterback play in the National Football League, it, it's ridiculous that Colin Kaepernick cannot get himself an opportunity. Have you seen the quarterback play in the National Football League? It's not great. 
Have you seen a quarterback play in Miami? Whether it's Matt Moore or, or Jay Cutler. It's not that good. Have you seen a quarterback play in, in Cleveland? Deshaun Kaiser, Hogan. Not good. Not. Have you seen a quarterback play in Indy? That's just a bad football team. And Brissett hasn't been awful, but Kaepernick would have been better. Have you seen the quarterback play in Denver? Whether it's Trevor Simeon, who is going to the bench, and Brock Osweiler is going to get the start. Have you seen the quarterback play in Denver? I have. Ain't good. At all. So, the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, they're three and four. Not an awful football team, but Carson Palmer is out for the year. Could you know? And at this point, the Cardinals—they could use a quarterback, or are they comfortable with Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbert? <laughs> So, I mean, so the NFL has an issue. The NFL has a problem. And they're kind of stuck in the middle. And I think at the end of the day, they kind of put it on themselves. They they put it on themselves. Because the reality is, this wouldn't be as much of an issue if Colin Kaepernick was able to play. At least for the you know for those who are uh, pro Kaepernick, it wouldn't be an issue if Kaepernick was 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 given an opportunity by some team in this league. It wouldn't be that much of an issue. And Cap, you know, initially you got the sense there were reports that he was willing to stand for the anthem, and then you know you're not really sure what he would have done if he was given given the opportunity. And at this point. You're not sure if he's ever going to get an opportunity in the NFL. He's still in the league at this point, you know, claiming collusion. So he's claiming collusion at this point. And, you know, according to reports, Kaepernick is, is in his, his team, is, you know, they're looking to get cell phone records. They're looking to get cell phone records and emails. And I would think, you know, no cell phone records or, or emails, you could find some, some damning information in relation to what's going on with this situation. I mean, collusion is a hard thing to prove. It, it really is. You know, I don't have all the details and the, 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 everything that needs to be proven. But the rea- I read it before, but I didn't read it in detail. But in reading it, it, it seems like a very difficult proposition because you have to prove that these guys, these owners, are 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 not giving you an opportunity because of. I mean, they, you can always look at his play and say, well, Kaepernick has had some struggles, but last season, you know, he wasn't that bad. He really wasn't that bad, and the Niners football team was bad, but Colin Kaepernick really wasn't that bad, and was not an issue for his teammates, and, and this guy is out here in the public, you know, doing some amazing things. He's doing some amazing things in the community. There's not a lot of people 
in sports, and there's not a lot of people, period, doing the things that Colin Kaepernick is doing within his community. That needs to be applauded. That, that needs to be, you know, we, we, we need to clap it up when it comes to Colin Kaepernick and the things that he's doing in the community because there's not a lot of people doing what Kaepernick is doing. They're, they're not. And so this guy is, is, is doing some amazing things and is putting his money where his mouth is, so we got to give him credit. For Colin Kaepernick, because this dude is doing some amazing things in the community. He's given his time, he's given his money, so you know he's doing a lot of things. And so, for for from my standpoint and, and from my perspective, being that he's doing all these amazing things within the community, he needs to be applauded by a lot of people. We need to be clapping our hands and stomping our feet for Colin Kaepernick. If you're an NFL owner, he's a perfect guy to have on your roster because this guy is doing some amazing things in the community. But he's also a guy that's, that's you know, obviously the majority of the people that are, that are going to games and the majority of people watching the NFL are white. And the majority of people that, that is offended, that are offended by the kneeling before uh, during the anthem are white, so obviously he's he's you know making a whole segment, a whole group, a, a big part of your fan base angry. He's making them angry, and he's also talking about a subject that many people don't want to talk about. People get uncomfortable when they talk about race. People get uncomfortable when, when, when you talk about inequality. People get comfortable, uncomfortable, excuse me, when you talk about police brutality. People get uncomfortable. And it's not a conversation that people want to have. But it's a conversation that needs to be had. And, and Colin Kaepernick, his motive, and his, 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 he's trying to bring... It has nothing to do with soldiers and, uh, you know, really has not, I mean, it's not really anything to do with disrespecting the flag. The reality is he wants to bring and draw attention to, to a group of people who are not being treated fairly. Last I checked, that's admirable. And the reality is, even though he, he, he got that last year of his contract and, and you know, got his I believe it was $14 million in that contract that final year. You know, he got that money. He might not see an NFL paycheck ever again. And it would be a travesty if that happens. But the reality is that it's probably going to happen. And anybody is really nothing. Well, I guess there's something we, I mean, people can do about it. If, you know, if they, they continue to boycott the NFL, but if they boycott the NFL in droves and, and, and a lot more people do it. But I, I'm for Kaepernick, and I think Kaepernick is being treated unfairly. And I think 
what's going on is it's just ridiculous. But I, I, I can't, I can't boycott the NFL. I choose not to boycott the NFL. But I do applaud those who do. I, I do applaud those who who are taking that particular stand, and, and I also applaud the stand that Colin Kaepernick is taking. But the reality of the situation is, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who ain't feeling that. And there's going to be a lot of people who's not riding with that. There's going to be a lot of people who are against that. And, and you know, Colin Kaepernick now, his chances of, of ever playing in the National Football League is, is probably slim at this point. It, it, it's very slim. And, you know, you, you thought, okay, all these injuries, you know, even Deshaun Watson going down, but they signed Matt McGoin. <laughs> oh, man. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Matt Castle is a backup quarterback in this league. <laughs> Have you seen Matt Castle play? It's not pretty. It's just not pretty. But the Titans are willing to lose rather than sign Colin Kaepernick. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It, it's hilarious, but it's sad at the same time. And, and you can't you can't make it up. You cannot make this up. You can't. As 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 crazy as it is, you can't make this up. It's Brandon Whedon, old man Whedon. Matt Castle. Have you seen Matt Castle play? <laughs> Oh, my God. Crazy. He came in spot duty against the Texans and four for 10, 21 yards, two interceptions. And then he started against the Dolphins and not very good, 141 yards, one touchdown. But, I mean, (laughs) Matt Castle is crazy. You cannot. Make this up. You can't make it up. Even the Packers. And I know Hundley, you know, young players show some promise, but, I mean, (laughs) oh, my gosh. This can't be made up. It can't. (laughs) But, anyway, let's go on the field because I'm tired of talking about the -the off-the-field stuff. It's boring. It's nauseating. And it's just. It makes you angry on some level. But let, let, let's go to on the field. And what, we saw, what we saw last night with the New York Jets. And, and first off, kudos to Todd Bowles. And, and Todd Bowles has this football team playing hard, has this football team playing tough, and has this football team right there. I mean, they're there. You know, I'm not saying the Jets are making it to the playoffs. But I'm saying the Jets are a team that might win eight, eight to nine games. Possibly. They can win eight to nine games. Just look at I haven't looked at their schedule, but look at the remaining schedule. At Tampa, Panthers, Kansas City, at Denver, at New Orleans, Chargers, and at the Patriots. Eight games might be tough. But I, I, I won't count these Jets out. They play hard. And in their losses, they play hard. 
you know, they started out the season not so good, but then they came on and won three in a row, and then they they battled New England the New England Patriots to the end, battled the Dolphins at Miami to the end, had a lead for most of that game, battled the Falcons to the end, you know, in a game they easily could have won as well, and then ultimately they beat the Bills, who's been playing some good football last night. This Jets team plays hard. They play hard. Josh McCown, a guy that you know I ripped into earlier in the in this off season because I didn't think he should have a job over Colin Kaepernick, and I still don't. But I got to give Josh McCown some credit. He's playing some good football. Thirteen touchdowns, only seven picks, almost two thousand yards in nine games. Playing some good football, and, and it's playing in a manner that I don't think many people thought he would. Keeping these Jets in, in, in football games and giving them opportunities to win games. So McCown is playing some good football. You know, defensively last night they got after Tyrod Taylor, and, and defensively the, their Jets aren't bad. This is a, a a solid football team and a football team that many thought would be at the bottom of the league. Many thought this team. Wouldn't, wouldn't be able to, to, to sniff. I mean, they have four wins at this point, and nobody thought the Jets would have four wins at this point. Nobody. But they do. And they're playing some good football, and they're getting some good performances out of a lot of guys. Kudos to the Jets. And, and kudos to Todd Bowles. Give Todd Bowles credit. This team Talent-wise, no one expected them to have what they have. A lot of people thought that this football team, the New York Jets, would be a team that would, would struggle to win two to three games. They got four game wins after nine, after nine games. No one expected that. No one. So, so give the Jets a lot of credit. Give Todd Bowles a lot of credit. Give Josh McCown a lot of credit. These Jets are, are playing some, some football they're playing above their heads, and they're in, in games. They're in games. They're not getting blown out. They're playing some good, solid football. Speaking of teams playing some good, solid football, the Philadelphia Eagles, 7-1. and one. And this Eagle football team at 7-1 and one made a bold move in, in getting Jay Ajayi. So a team now that has a LeGarrette Blount, Corey Clement as their running backs, and again, I thought they were okay at the running back position, but hey, if you got an opportunity to get a Jay Ajayi, a, a guy who was a big time, put up some big time numbers last season for the Miami Dolphins, a, a guy who you know is a big time back, Jay Ajayi is a big time back. You know, you, this dude ain't bad. He don't stink at all. There have been some issues in terms of you know in Miami. There's you know been called a me-first guy, so on and so forth when it comes to Jay Ajayi. But he put up numbers last season for the Miami Dolphins and was a big reason why the Miami Dolphins were able to go to the postseason last year. He put up some solid numbers. And then last year, you know, broke out, a breakout season, you know, close to 1,300 yards, 1,272 yards, almost five yards a pop, eight touchdowns last season. So Jay Ajayi, you know, he blew up last year. That was his breakout year. Not, you know, putting up the same type of numbers that he did a year ago, but 
You also have to look at it. You had a better quarterback last year in Tannehill. I mean, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler's Jay Cutler. And Matt Moore, who I who I was, I thought would play better. I didn't expect that performance out of Matt Moore, but he didn't play well, and it cost him the game. But we're going to bring in now one of the stars of love and hip-hop, A.D. Diggs. Let's bring her in now. One of the stars of love and hip-hop, A.D. Diggs. A.D., how are you? Yo, what's good? I'm great, man. Thanks for joining Thanks for us. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for joining us. Me, man. So let me ask you this. I, I know you're yeah, into baseball. So. I know you like the Dodgers. Um, they're down three games to two at this point. Do you think they can get it to game seven and ultimately win it? Yo, let me just start by saying this is probably one of, I think this is actually one of the best World Series. I think back in the 80s they had something close to this. This has just been a, a good overall championship kind of vibe game to bring everybody and unite everybody back together. And everybody that, not even baseball fans are excited about watching baseball right now. Um, I'm excited about Los Angeles. Um, I think they do take it to game seven. This is probably the first time we're seeing two teams having such strong offense, and that's the rare in baseball, right? Am I tripping or? That's well, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a lot of runs in this World Series for sure. I mean, what? Yeah, seven, six games, 13 to 12 the other night. So a lot of runs being scored for sure. Yeah, record breaking. You have, like, I think there's overall 22 home runs that's been hit in the World Series, or like overall, that's crazy. Wow. It's been crazy. It's been a great series. But I got to ask you this. I mean, being a Dodgers fan, I mean, you look at some of the scores, 7-6. I mean, you look at Sunday's game, 13-12. to I mean, these are nail biters, man. How Are you enjoying these games? <laughs> Yo, it got my anxiety going crazy. You're looking at, you think that they're going to win it. What was it like the – they were up in fifth inning or something like that, something crazy, and then to turn around and be able to hit that many, you know, some home runs to, to round off. I mean, these are the longest games that you're seeing. Yeah, I think it has everybody sitting on the edge of their seat right now just anticipating what's going to happen. That's why game six today is going to be so critical to watch. It's back at home. It's just it's going to be intense, and I think the Dodgers are going to step up and they're going to take it to game seven for sure. Well, it's definitely going to be fun no matter what happens. It has been fun to this point, hypothetically speaking. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to put this into the atmosphere, but I got to. Dodgers, they don't win the World Series. Is this a successful season? Or are you cool with this season if the Dodgers don't win it? Yo, they should be proud of themselves. Like, this is some crazy just history, world, like, breaking all kind of records right now. Everybody on the Dodgers team coaches included, fans, everybody should be proud of what has been accomplished today. It will suck, though, to see, you you know, them make it all the way here and not finish. So um, I still see them taking it in seven. Okay. We're not even going to put that in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) So so we'll see what happens. I mean, it should be fun no matter what happens. And I know, you know, you play basketball in college, and so you like the game of basketball. And so let me ask you this. It, what, who can we compare you to in terms of an NBA player, in, in terms of your style, in terms of your game? I would have said, you know, actually it's funny, probably like a Derrick Rose or okay. Chris Paul. I was a, I was a point guard, so 
And it's funny, Derek Rose, because, you know, obviously he's torn his ACL. I tore my ACL. That's what kind of put me off the game. I did it twice. All right. Um, wow. It's tough, man. Um, but as far as style of basketball, it was very like Chris Paul, Derek Rose, point guard, okay. see the court. I can, you know, I can go to the hole if I had to. Um, I'm 5'8", so I'm not, I'm pretty tall for a girl. Um, but I was definitely a point guard, true, true point guard. How's that jump shot? Is it wet? Nah, yeah, my my jump shot was always on point. You know, like I was um more go to the like I like the the two point jumper from like the corner of the free throw, like cross somebody over and just hit that right there real quick. Okay, um, right. but the three was the the three the pop off from the three at the top was always good too. Unpredictable. So after the two ACL injuries, can you still get to the lane? Can you still do the things that you once did? <laughs> Yo. I, not with these lungs anymore in this age, but <laughs> I can tell you I, my handles are still good. Like, I play basketball okay. with Monisha's son, Cam, all the time we go to his games, and we just hoop, and I still got it, you know. Still, right. I, I still got a little something. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this. We we look at the NBA season. We you know, Obviously, yeah. the Cavaliers I'm and the Warriors, you know, they've been going at it for the past three seasons. Should we expect a part four in the NBA Finals, Cavaliers-Warriors? Yo, my predictions, let me be honest with you, and this is going to be crazy. I think Warriors, absolutely, they have a crazy, phenomenal team that's just just wild, right? Um, but sure. you're going to see, I think we're going to see the Celtics come in, and I think they're going to be number one in the East. Okay. And I think it's going to be between the Cavs and the Celtics who goes to the championship. It's, it's interesting what we've seen, right? Isaiah switched up with Kyrie and so I think Kyrie's coming for vengeance. So I think you're going to see the Celtics. I, I think they're going to be there. It's going to be okay, interesting so, to see what happens. So we're going to see Celtics-Warriors in the NBA Finals is what you're telling me? Yeah, possibly. I, that's, that's what I'm feeling right now. Okay. what I'm All feeling. Right. We'll see. All right. We're talking to one of the stars of Love and Hip Hop, A.D. Digg. So – you told me that you're a Bulls fan, okay? I mean, I am. You, the Bulls. <laughs> I don't want to talk. Seen, There's not a lot to talk about right now about the Bulls. <laughs> have seen better days for sure. Let's just say, yo, we're rebuilding. You know, we lost some key players. You know, Jimmy Butler. That was my boy, man. Sad to see him go, but you know, I wish him the best. Um, you had Rondo. You know, he's gone. So we're rebuilding yeah. right now. We got some. We got some good team members. Um, it's just going to take some time. We're definitely in rebuild. We're not going to be the last. I can tell you that okay. Knicks are probably looking worse than us, so we're going to be good. Um, <laughs> we're not going to be the worst in the NBA. Um, okay. We're definitely in rebuild mode, and, and the Bulls know how to get it. So I, right. I'm still saying I'll be holding on. All right, all right. So 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 let's go to Love and Hip Hop for a moment. I mean, we, oh, we saw yeah, you this year on Love and Hip Hop. I mean, you are with Monique. But, you know, let, let me ask you, how does it feel to first off be on reality TV? Is your, this your first time being on reality TV? Yeah, this is my first time being in the entertainment world, period, like anything like this. Um, it's been quite the adjustment for my personal life. Um, it was kind of an adjustment even heading into it, just like a lot of the unknown things that were going to happen, like me walking the streets and somebody's like, hey, AD, and I'm like, do I know you? Where do you know me from? So it's been, it's been interesting there. A lot of the social media attention has been uh, an adjustment for me. I really wasn't really active on social media like that. I was very private, and now it's kind of like I have to open up my life and the fans expect you to, they're like, well, you, you signed up for this, so, you know, this is what you're, you're open to. So my entire relationship is, you know, open to opinion. Um, and if you don't value their opinions, they get mad at you, you know, right. if you go hard on them. So 
Yeah, mine, it's different. But um, what landed me on reality TV is really um, me and Monique date in real life. We've been together for over a year. Um, and she was like, look, I want to live my authentic self on reality TV. This is who I am. Would you be willing to come on and, and we do this together? And um, she's been a really good guide because she's been on four seasons of Love & Hip Hop now. And she's been, you know, she's a music songwriter and she's, you know, been signed to labels. So she's really familiar with this. And so she was able, she's able to guide me through it. And I feel pretty confident through it with her. You like it? Um, it has its, its perks and it has its, you know, like I said, some of your private life and things change for you. I like it as far as um, so far, I would say. Yeah, okay. it hasn't, hasn't done me wrong yet. <laughs> I could be taking the statement back, but right. as of right now, it's not a, not a big deal yet. So are we going to see you again? I don't know. You're going to have to wait and see. Um, me and Monice are currently working on some other things that are going on. I have some projects that I'm working on. She has some projects she's working on. So we'll see. Um, have to stay tuned in. All right. So drama. There's been a level of drama. Your best friend, Tiffany. Your girlfriend, Monice. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. How are you dealing with all this? I mean, this has got to be a little stressful. How are you dealing with these these issues? Yo, I can tell you that most people right now deal with some, some form of that where, you know, their friend gets too involved in their relationship. You may share too much or whatever the case may be. I think we just had a, um, you know, I had to deal with it accordingly. It was very difficult because me and Monique were fighting a lot about that. And then I was trying to keep my friendship intact. And you don't ever want to be like, oh, I'm changing because of relationships. But you know, I had to come to like a real, I had to get my head clear about what was really going on. And as time went on, I started to see how hard Tiffany was going and it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like I wanted her to be a loving, supporting friend. And instead she was causing a lot of problems in my, uh, in my relationship, which I wasn't really good with. And I don't like drama. I don't like the petty stuff. So, right. you know, I had to make a decision. And as of right now, me and Tiffany are not friends because I asked her, you know, I, I put some boundaries up and she crossed the boundaries. Um, she broke my trust and my loyalty and she had to go. And if Monice would have done the same thing, then it would have, you know, it could have went either way. And actually Monice was really supportive through the situation. She did not want my friendship to go away. She was trying her hardest to be understanding around it. And um, Tiffany just couldn't get on board with it. So right, as of right now, me and her are not friends. And so my life is a lot more peaceful and less drama as of, you know, today. Right. We're talking to one of the stars of Love and Hip Hop, A.D. Dick. So do you expect your relationship with Tiffany, I know your relationship with Monique is going strong at this point, but do you expect you and Tiffany's relationship to get back to where, where it used to be? You know, I... I do. I've always hoped for that. Like, I've had plenty of conversations offline with her, you know, some private conversations and just told her what I need. Um, it's very clear on what I ask for. Um, and if she's not able to give me the things that I need in order to support me as a friend, then we won't get back there. And so, I, I mean, at this point, sometimes we just outgrow people. And that might just be the, that case. And not everybody we lose is lost, right? It might right. just be that chapter is done in our lives and we move on and we grow from here. But so I definitely it, learned a lot from the situation. So is it possible that the season of, of Tiffany and your relationship, could, could that season be done? Yeah, absolutely could be possibly done. Um, yeah, after all these years, I mean, that's, what, that's kind of what I had to come to realize, that, that this potentially was going to be done. And it, 
I made it clear at the reunion what I wanted from her. And um, even leading up into the reunion, I had a conversation with her. And afterwards, she apologized to me about some of the things that she's been doing. Um, but then she goes back to social media and and was still acting up. So it's like, I don't, it's kind of confusing to me. So at this point, I just washed my hands of the situation and let her, you know, navigate through it. And maybe some of this, you know, the attention from the show and different things have, you know, maybe marked some of her, you know, loyalty to me. And that's cool too, man. Everybody ain't built for this. For sure. For sure. We're talking to one of the stars of Love and Hip Hop, A.D. Dick. So I, I hear you're a sneakerhead. I, I hear yeah. you, you got a nice little clothing line out there, <laughs> Dig the Kicks. I mean, tell yeah, us about man. it. Tell us about it. Yo, so the Dig the Kicks brand is a unisex sneaker-inspired apparel line. I had a sneaker shop, um, which I sold my shares. I still get money because I have sneakers still in the shop, but I sold it because um, I wanted to go online only. It was a little hard for me to manage, you know, the sneaker store. It was like a lot of overhead, and I'm a real business person. So I was like, how can I capitalize on all my income? And um, I created these, like, hoodies at first. Everybody went crazy about the Dig the Kick hoodies. I'm like, oh, I want some, I want some. So I started looking into, like, I love sweatpants. I'm a, I have sweatpants on right now as I'm speaking to you. I, I wear them every day if I don't have to, you know, go to work and do things, that, you know, in a professional setting. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to come up with this brand. I'm doing I want it to be unisex. I want it to appeal to everybody. And, um, you know, I use Dig the Kicks, and I trademarked that. And Dig the Kicks has to do with my last name. My last name is Diggs, and I'm a huge sneaker fan. So it's real. Um, it's a real just small brand that is comfortable. It, it's fashionable. It goes with your sneakers. It's not overpowering the sneakers, which is super important to me because I'll throw in a white tee and some like jeans and some dope kicks. And that'll, they'll speak for themselves, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I kind of, like, vibed out. So, you know, T-shirts, hats, sweatsuits. Um, I even got some leggings for the girls. But, I mean, guys can wear leggings, too, because they wear them underneath the basketball shorts, you know? Right, right. Um, I'm getting hit up left and right about, like, doing um, sports bras and underwear and, like, just putting digs and kicks on everything. So now I'm looking into some other stuff. So I'm getting a lot of really good feedback around it, um, some really good sales. I went, I went live, I think, two weeks ago. Um, with the online store, and it's been really, really successful, and I've been, you know, really excited about it and where it's going to go. So. so you're getting a lot of love right now. Yeah, man. You can find it at digthekicksdtk.com. Really easy to navigate through the, the website and, you know, make those purchases. Check it out. For sure. So so let me ask you, you're also in the automotive industry, and, and, and being that you are, you know, in the automotive industry, you, you have a job, and you have this love and hip hop thing going on, so that they're seeing you on TV as well. So, is that a conflict on some level for you? Do you, how do you navigate through that? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, man. Um, you know, I've been in corporate America for ten years. I'm a senior manager, and most people don't know this about me. Um, it's been a struggle for me coming up through the ranks in corporate America, just like you would think any corporate job would. I'm a lesbian. You know, I don't fit the bill of this normal. I guess society in corporate America, kind of senior manager. I have short hair. I got full, I'm full sleeves. I always were cut. I was always covered though, long sleeves, very professional. Um, and I look like a boy, you know, a tomboy. So um, I'm going into these corporate job, these corporate meetings, not looking like everybody else. So it's always been, you know, I had to outsmart people and work harder. And so when I joined the, the show, I was very open about me doing the show with my, my private life and never conflicted with my success with my, um, you know, senior management corporate job. 
But recently it's become a little bit interesting because I'm living my authentic self on TV, which is me being a lesbian, being an interracial dating. Um, and it's raised some eyebrows in, in corporate America as far as maybe exposing some of the things that are really going on in, in America overall with discrimination and um, I'm feeling some of the heat, and I think it's less about me being on the show and just me being my authentic self and living my truth. Right. Um, so I'm experiencing some of that right now, and it's been it's been tough for me to kind of navigate through what what it really is, and it's been giving me a lot of anxiety because I have to choose now, like, do I live my authentic self or do, and give up the structure kind of vibe? And that's not what I want to do, man. I want to be able to balance both. And I think everybody in the world should be able to do both and be able to be themselves. And their, their hard work and dedication should speak for itself and speak volumes. And so, yeah, man, it's been interesting. I'm going to be honest. Like, that's, that's a very touchy subject for me. Right. I, and, and I can imagine. I, I, I definitely can imagine reality TV, you know, you know, you being a lesbian, things of that nature, and, and then also being in corporate America. So that's definitely... Uh, some things that you got to figure out and have to balance. So I, I, I hear you got a, a big time shoe collection. I mean, I hear your shoe game yes. is, is ridiculous. How ridiculous yeah. is your shoe game? Yeah, uh, man. Let me just say this: like, my family thinks that I need to go to some type of like AA for sneaker addiction, and, and <laughs> it's been so crazy. I had to get to the point where I didn't buy everything that released, and I just bought the things that I'm actually going to wear or that I'm really into. And so now I've, I've narrowed it down to just like all the original OG colorways and Jordan um, Air Maxes. And um, so I'm just trying to keep it a little, I'm into the NMDs right now, these Adidas. I love the NMDs, they're okay. so comfortable. So I'm, I'm, I'm finding some, some balance between the two, I guess, and, and not overwhelming. Uh, Monique was getting so crazy, I had to put all my shoes in the loft. She was like, you've got to put these away, and they've got to be organized. So I was giving her a little bit of anxiety around my sneaker collection. At some point, I was like, I'm just going to have to put them in storage because it's just becoming overwhelming. But, yeah, so my shoe game is wild. Like, yeah, it's, I love it, though. I'm never going to give it up. So. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Everybody needs to get on board. <laughs> so where can fans find you on social media? Ooh, everything on social media, Dig the Kicks, D-I-G-G-T-H-E-K-I-C-K-S. All social media is that. It's Twitter, Instagram, Snap. I think even my Facebook is all attached to Dig the Kicks. All right. So, so fans, make sure you go. Follow her on Twitter, yeah. Dig the Kicks. Instagram, Dig the Kicks. Facebook, Dig the Kicks. And also go to yeah. the website, Dig the Kicks, D-T-K.com. Yes. That's Dig the Kicks. DTK.com support all the great things going on with AD Diggs. So one more time, we're going to see you next year on Love and Hip Hop? We'll see. Tune in, man. Right now, tune in to New York, man. New York is live. They just went live Monday, so enjoy that. I think we have Miami, we have Atlanta, and then we'll see. LA, Hollywood, we'll see. All right, all right. Appreciate it, AD. Love to do it again. All right, appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Take care of yourself. All right, man. Peace. A.D. Diggs, one of the stars of Love and Hip Hop. Appreciate her coming by. Let's go to the NBA for a moment now. we got about nine minutes left in the show. Um, we look at the NBA right now, We and we look at the Cavaliers, and, and this is a team struggling a little bit, you know, giving up a lot of points, 26 in points allowed, giving up 111 points per outing. So they're not really defending very well. 
Um, so th- this is a team struggling right now, team that's off to a slow start, uh, a team that's not playing big-time basketball. And, and I want to be clear about this. I mean, it, it's very early, three and five. And, and with the talent they have on Cleveland, this is the type of football team, basketball team, excuse me, that can just reel off a bunch of victories. So this, this is a this team is is it, still a formidable basketball team. This team is still a team that is going to be around come you know May and June, and this team is going to be very difficult to to knock out of playoffs. Anytime you have LeBron James, you're going to be a tough out. So, and at the same time, you know, Derrick Rose has missed some time, but he's back. Tristan Thompson now is out. You know, Isaiah Thomas still hasn't played a game yet. So you you have to take all that into account as well. But I I think Cleveland, you know, defensively, they had some struggles last year um, throughout the course of the season. And, And they're having similar struggles this season in terms of defending the basketball but I think, obviously, you look at Cleveland last year, when the playoffs came, they turned it on. And, and they turned it on, and, and it was just pretty much a wrap because they were better than any and everybody uh, last season. And so I, I look at Cleveland, and I'm not, you know, obviously – it's like I said, it's a lot of basketball to be played. It's only eight games in the books, another seventy-four to be played, and again, they still have LeBron James. But I, you know, obviously, you got to defend better. That's definitely a concern, and you got to fix that. And you know, I, I think I'm not concerned. I don't think anybody really is concerned. But I think ultimately, Cleveland. Boston's playing some good basketball right now, but Boston played well in the regular season, too, last year. But I think Cleveland will be fine when it's all said and done. They're just going through a rough patch and just trying to figure some things out. And, and you know, when, when when you're a team that's been to the NBA Finals as many times as they have in the last few, last few years, you know, uh, the regular season doesn't have as much significance to you. Cleveland was okay with not getting the top spot in the Eastern Conference last season because it really didn't matter to them because they knew what they had and knew they could win anywhere, anytime, place in the Eastern Conference. So it really wasn't a concern for them. So I expect Cleveland ultimately to turn it on. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it'll happen. They're going to string together a bunch of victories, and then we'll look back at this moment and say, whatever. I think that's what will happen. And we just also look at the NBA. We also look at the Eastern Conference. You know, Philadelphia. Sixers reeled off three straight victories, playing some good basketball. Ben Simmons doing some great things on the basketball court, playing the point guard position, getting others involved, you know, having a you know uh, an impressive stat line. And the stat line is great for, for Ben Simmons. You know, it's a full stat line, averaging close to 10 boards a game, averaging close to eight assists a game. So the stat line's impressive when it comes to Ben Simmons. It's beautiful. It's a great stat line. And, and the Sixers, you know, you've got two guys who, who are champions, who, who, who could be championship caliber players in Joel Embiid 
and Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid, 20 and 10. You know, it's big time. So he's a big time center. And this guy's only paying 27 minutes a game on average. You know, he's putting up these type of numbers with minutes restrictions at times. And then obviously, you know, you got Simmons, like I said, his stat line's impressive as well. So I think Philly is going to make some noise in the Eastern Conference. I think Philly's going to make the playoffs. I really do, and this is a good basketball team. I want to go to Lonzo Ball before we get out of here. Lonzo Ball put up a goose egg last night. And and, and Lonzo Ball, you know, we, we here's the thing with Lonzo Ball. The reason we're watching and care about Lonzo Ball because of his daddy. His, and his daddy, LeVar, LeVar did a great job of, of marketing this dude. LeVar did a good job of, of having us pay attention to this guy. We're paying attention to Lonzo Ball the way we are, and that could be a gift and a curse on some level because we're, we're expecting this guy to – he's only, first and foremost, only 19 years old. Secondly, he's a rookie. His first year in the NBA He's 20 years old now. He just had a birthday. First year in the NBA. And played only eight games at this point. But he's had moments where he's stunk, and stunk to join up, and then he's had moments where he's put up big-time numbers. But we look at Lonzo Ball, the points aren't going to be big-time. You know, the assist, you expect the, the assist to be, to be solid, and, and, and he's throwing some decent things on the glass as well. But, you know, five rebounds, five assists, and 6.6 points per game. That, that 6.6, I don't know how much that's going to go up. And I know he's had, you know, he's, he's had some moments during the season where, you know, against uh, Phoenix where he put up 29 points. But other than, other than that, I mean, the eight games that he's played has been in double digits two times. That 29-point explosion against Phoenix and 13 points against the Detroit Pistons the other night. But other than that, the guy has not, he has not scored in double figures. Had a nine-point game, a five, six, eight, and a three-point game. And he had a goose egg last night. So Lonzo, and he only took two shots. So Lonzo Ball... He's going to struggle at times this year, and I'm not surprised that he's struggling at times. He's a rookie. He's going to have those moments where he's good, and he's going to have those moments where he's bad. But he's also, you know, how good is Lonzo Ball going to be? I don't know. I think he's going to be solid, but is he going to be that guy that we thought he would be? Is he going to be, you know, a transcendent star? Is he going to be a guy that is, you know, his daddy was saying that he was better than, than, than Michael, you know, Steph Curry and going better, you know, saying he's better than all these guys. No, uh, you know, he's talking just craziness. And everybody knows it's craziness, but people listen. And because of that, people are watching and people are coming at Lonzo Ball. And people are watching and, and interested to see what he's going to do night in and night out. Some nights it's going to look okay, 29 points against the Suns, and some nights it's going to look bad. And last night was one of those nights where it looked bad. I want to thank Love and Hip Hop's A.D. Diggs for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show. And other great shows, follow us on Twitter at go 4 Gant. YouTube, same. Facebook, same. And hit us up on the website, goforitgantsports.com, and support all the great things going on with Paul Gant. And go for it. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great day, great weekend. See you later. Take care.